You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff, and this is a very special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This was still an interview episode. I know a lot of times when we do bonus episodes, it's like a, you know an audio blog or maybe an audio pull from one of our Facebook Lives or you know one of us doing a keynote or something like this. This was an interview that I did actually on my own uh, because the guest is an extremely sought-after guest that I was you know just trying to get the the time and set up. He's on the West Coast, raised still you know raised in her classroom, taking care of her, her students. So we wanted to get the the uh, episode done. Ray gave me her blessing because she knows that I am a huge Pat Flynn fan. So I was super excited to do this interview. So uh, I was able to do it solo. Not gonna lie, it was a little weird not having Ray there, but we got through it. Uh, primarily because Pat's just super easy to uh, to talk to and to. To interview and he's so knowledgeable it's really easy to just kind of let him go so this is an interview that i got to do with pat flynn if you don't know who pat flynn is he's not a typical k-12 educator he's actually an entrepreneurial who has had uh, entrepreneur who has had incredible success um and in, in the youtube space and and business and apps and selling courses and creating amazing courses for for people uh and podcasting so pat flynn is is he a, he's a father he's a husband he's and he's an entrepreneur he's out in san diego california he owns several successful businesses. Um, he's a professional blogger. Let's see, he's a keynote speaker, very sought after. Uh, he's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Um, uh, and he's a host of the Smart Smart Passive Income Podcast and the Ask Pat Podcast, which t- together have earned more than 60 million, 60 million downloads, uh, a bunch of awards the other day. He's been featured in, in things like the New York Times, uh, Forbes, and and other things too. He's also an advisor to some major brands such as uh, ConvertKit, uh, Lead Pages, and even Teachable, which is the platform that we utilize for our Teach Better Academy um, uh, online courses as well. So, Pat, the one thing about Pat that I love is not only can you learn a lot from him if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a parent, a father, if you're somebody who's trying to do something on the side, a little side hustle thing going on like that, but Pat is actually really, really, really passionate about education. Okay, he's got a lot of ideas in his head and things that he actually wants to do to start helping to disrupt education and follow some of the progressive movements that are happening. Uh, more of that to come later, but this is something that Pat is very passionate about, not only as a father uh, to two young children who are going through education right now, but also just as a citizen uh, of the world trying to do better uh, and looking back on things. So I'm super excited about it. He's got some really great knowledge that he drops in this episode. Uh, earlier on, we talk a little bit more about the entrepreneurial business side of things, but about midway through, we really get Pat going on on education and what it should be and what it needs to be. And I'm telling you, you're going to eat this up. You're going to love it. Uh, great, great guy. Super excited I got to meet him uh, and got to hang out with him. So big thank you to to Pat and the entire team over there at Team Flynn. So enjoy this special bonus episode with Pat Flynn. All right, we'll be right back with that episode, but I do want to make sure that you know that you should be listening to all the podcasts, a part of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Yes, Teach Better Talk is a fun one, and we really appreciate that you have subscribed and hopefully rated and reviewed this podcast, but we also have other podcasts that we have the opportunity to highlight over in our podcast network. Head over to teachbetter.com slash podcast to see the full list. All right, podcast, we are here, and this is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk, and I am super excited. Uh, we are actually talking with uh, one of someone who I consider my mentor, even though today is the first day I actually get to meet him and talk to him uh, face-to-face through the computer screen, but uh, by a gentleman by the name of Pat Flynn, and uh, Pat is someone who I have been following for a long time. I've learned a lot from and just grown to really uh, take his advice to heart and to listen and to follow it. And I'm super excited to find out from meeting him just now that he is as cool and as genuine as I've always thought he is. So I'm super excited for you all to get to know him. Pat, super excited for you to be on, man. Appreciate you taking some time. How are you feeling right now? Dude, I'm feeling good, Jeff. Really excited to chat, uh, especially with the kinds of topics that you often talk about here on the show. I don't often get the chan- uh, a chance to talk about these kinds of things, specifically related to education, teaching and whatnot. And I'm just, I'm just always uh, trying to put myself in the best 
headspace to do what I can to best serve people. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, I'm really excited. I, I am really excited to dive into your head. Um, it, we're going to talk about a few things, but definitely around education, because obviously that's who we talk to as educators. And, and although you're not, you know, a K-12 typical educator, you educate people all the time, every day from all over the world. So I'm really excited to get your, your thoughts on some of those things too. One of the first things I want to do is just for anyone who's listening, who has, you know, never, never come across you or your podcast or your courses or uh, the workshops you do or anything like that. You know, one of the first questions we always ask all of our guests is, how do you answer when someone says, hey, Pat, so what do you do? <laughs> it's interesting because I have like 101 different answers. For all those <laughs> I think it depends on sort of who I'm speaking to, right? I want to know who my audience is. And, you know, you're right. I, I definitely am an educator at this point, just maybe not in the K to 12 sort of fashion. But I'll tell you a quick brief story about how I got to where I'm at and how I've become somebody who people go to online to learn primarily how to start a business and how to grow and scale their business too. Um, and, and, and it really all started after college. I went to school for architecture, got a, a really good job. Um, honestly, my dream job coming out of school, went to school at UC Berkeley, got an architecture degree, and that was going to be the rest of my life. I, I wanted to really become a world famous architect and hone in on my style. I was taking tests. I was going to meetups and group things to try and, 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 and better my resume. And uh, one of those tests included an exam called the LEAD exam, Leadership and Energy and Environmental Design. And um, I was just trying to add more to my uh, credentials. And so this exam was a very difficult exam, and it played a pivotal role in, in how I am today. But uh, as I was growing, I actually was the youngest person in, in my architecture firm to become job captain. And I had a team and responsibilities at a young age. And like things were flying. And then all of a sudden, 2008 rolls around. And of course, the recession happened and I went down with it. I, I lost my job. I didn't know what to do. I kind of was scrambling and I was just begging and pleading to get back into that industry because it's all I wanted to do. And that's what I went to school for. I couldn't imagine anything else. And it just so happened that podcasts were sort of a big thing uh, that were just starting to come out around this time. And I discovered a podcast by happenstance called Internet Business Mastery. And initially I'm like, internet business, yuck, this sounds like Disgusting, right? Like, like, oh, all those guys were just selling get get rich quick things. But interestingly enough, after even ten minutes in the, in the first episode I listened to, I could tell that these guys were a little bit different. Jason and Jeremy were the hosts, and they were talking about how hard it was. They were talking about how much work is required, and I liked that because I was like, okay, these guys need to be coming from an honest position. And then they interviewed a guy on the same episode, the first one I listened to, and it was a guy named Cornelius Fitchner who was helping people pass an exam called the PM exam, the Project Management exam. And he was making six figures a year doing so. And my mind was blown. I was like, I couldn't believe, but it kind of made sense. He was helping people by building a website and creating study guides and exam uh, practice exams on his website and, and selling them. And I was like, wow, this is like, you can actually be helpful and make money online. That's kind of cool. And that's kind of when it hit me because I had taken all these exams uh, to get to where I was at at that point. And that exam, the lead exam was the hardest one. And there wasn't a lot of information about it. So I built a website to become a resource to help people. I was spending 10, 12 hours a day on the website, adding anything I could to help people and also spending maybe four to five hours a day in forums, helping people online uh, with answering their questions. And I soon became this sort of like quote unquote expert on this topic, even though I wasn't an expert. I didn't get a, uh, I, I didn't fly uh, by this exam. I barely passed it. But because I was stepping up and actually trying to do what I can to help people and help organize this information, I started, I remember I was going into these forums and I would see answers to people's questions that were, oh, just wait till Pat signs on. He'll have a better answer for you. And lo and behold, uh, I got an idea from the Internet Business Mastery people to write a study guide, an ebook, essentially just a PDF file. And I sold it for $19.99 on my website. And thanks to the audience I was building there, thanks to Google, thanks to the uh, people in the forums who were supporting me, I had ended up in October of 2008 making. $7,908.55. And it was two and a half times more than I was making as an architect. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I thought the FBI was going to come and say, like, what you're doing is a <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't fathom and understand how this was working. And then the next month, it was 9000 12000 The month after that, I started to add new products and an audio version of the guide. In March of 2009, I was making $30,000 a month helping people pass this exam that most people have never passed before. And it was around this time that people started to catch wind to what I was doing. And they're like, how did you do that? And I was like, I'm just kind of figuring this out as I go. I think it would be helpful for me to just chat about this with everybody. So I started smartpassiveincome.com, which is where most people know me from now, where I just essentially tell everything, all the things that go well, the things that don't go well, 
things uh, like how much money I'm making, how much money I'm spending. And over time, I've created new businesses, an iPhone app business, um, some other niche websites in the food truck space, a security guard training space. I've built physical products, digital products in all different spaces. And I just kind of share all of it, like how, how, how I'm approaching it, what goes right, what goes wrong, the wins, the failures. And in the internet marketing space, traditionally, you get these people who are like snake oil salesmen. They're telling you all the riches are there, but you have to pay for it. I'm just giving away everything for free. And it's interesting because I've discovered that the more I give away, the more I get back in return. And as a result, I've developed this really loyal audience over time that has really come to uh, respect my recommendations, who some of them become students, some of them recommend me, recommend me to their friends and family. And my goal being there to help people who have some sort of uh, idea or, or passion or, or problem solving capability to help monetize that in a way that helps everybody. I'm in it so that everybody wins. And this is what I teach. And now I'm at a point with a podcast called the Smart Passive Income Podcast. We just passed 65 million downloads, which is just insane to me. The YouTube channel just passed a quarter million people and the email list about the same size. And I speak or I used to speak around the world before the pandemic. I have written books, Wall Street Journal bestseller. Like it's just kind of mind blowing. And I still uh, thankfully uh, am trying to keep myself grounded to continue to remember how it was all in the beginning. And this is why I love coming on podcasts to tell my story because I remember what it was like. And now, especially during the pandemic, a lot of people are getting laid off. Things are different now. And I remember what that was like. And I'm just doing my best to, to step up and serve people during this time. And I love it. And I love that you finish with the way that you did right there with serving. Cause the, I think one of the things that attracts people to you is the fact that everything you do starts with serving others first. Right. And it came from this idea. Yeah. You had ideas. You thought, Oh, this is something I could do, but you were real in there. You were struggling through it. You were transparent with them, but you were focused on how do I serve them? And then you've created more and more things that, that you've created when you do your ass pat and, uh, you know, switch pod and, and the fuse box and all these things where you're like, as you're working through it yourself, which by which that in itself also just gives you a, a different level of it's a different, it's different than someone who says, Hey, I can get you rich real quick, but I've never actually done it. Right. So you've actually mm -hmm. done these things, but you're also genuine about it and you're trying to serve. And I thought for me, that was one of the reasons why I thought, and I know that you're going to connect with all the educators that, that listen to this, this podcast here is because that's where they're at too, right? They're just trying to serve as well. Um, so I love that about you, Pat, you, you touched on the pandemic and, and how, Obviously, you know, you used to speak all over the world and now that obviously changed, you know, with us here at Teach Better, you know, one our our primary uh source and of revenue generation, it was actually in person, live professional development training with schools and and teachers. That changed a lot too. So we've had to shift a lot over the last six to eight months, and it's been phenomenal for us as a team, as individuals and as a business. I'd love to know, you know, with with how crazy it's been, how have you had to shift and how have you and your team adjusted to so, so all the changes that have gone on uh, over the last six to eight months and, and has anything and I, I'm hoping maybe you can pull out has anything like really positive come from that new new ideas, new services, new projects uh, new appreciation appreciations for things or whatever it might be how has things changed both for your business and yourself over the last six to eight months with the pandemic yeah I mean things have definitely changed I mean we were literally in the middle of a launch of a brand new product when all this started happening and the lockdown went uh, went down and, and we had to change on the fly and change our marketing messaging and go, you know what, I don't know if this makes sense to like drive this home on this promotion right now with all the unknowns that are happening. So we pulled back and we just started to listen. And that's the biggest thing that served us always is just becoming better listeners. So one thing that we did, or I did was like, I wanted a space for people to be able to share and, and I wanted to listen. So what I did was I went on YouTube and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go live for a couple days. And if you can come on, awesome. Just share with me what's going on. I'm just going to be here to answer questions and just listen to you and, and, and hear you out. And that one day turned into one week, which turned into a, one month. And today was my 192nd day straight on YouTube going live uh, every morning, um, seven days a week. And it's been one of the most tremendous things that uh, ha has happened. Not only is the street going, and you know, I'm this far into it. I like, I can't break it at least before a year and a half. <laughs> So that, that's kind of cool. But, you know, in addition to that, like the community that shows up, I mean, we have the same people show up every day. And of course, there's always new people coming uh, too. But there are people there who I know them by name now. They know each other by name. They're, they're, they're in the chat with each other even before I come on live. And they even started their own Slack community without me even knowing it. And this is actually something I teach in my book quite often is to kind of get to a point where you can facilitate 
interactions with your own audience. Because when you do that, yes, people come for the content, but they stick around for the community and people are sticking around. And some of these people uh, have bought my products now. Some of them have recommended me to their friends and family. Um, Some of them have said, you know what, when we can go back to FlynnCon, which is my event in San Diego, which was canceled this year, um, I'm going to take my friends and I'm going to come too. I, I even wasn't planning on doing it, but from now now on, I'm going to be like a devoted fan. And that's just so amazing. And yes, we had to cancel our event this year. We put it on for the first time last year. We had 500 entrepreneurs come to San Diego and it was just an amazing event. And um, what's interesting is that that event taught us something really important. And that's the fact that, you know, people, yes, they get value from what is on the stage and who's on stage, who the special guests are. In fact, there was more value in the hallways, in the little random moments where during breaks, they would meet somebody and talk to them and just get to know each other. So now that the pandemic's here, it's like, okay, well, we can't have FlynnCon. And no, we don't want to do a virtual conference because those moments that were very special are unable to happen in an online fashion. Um, Yes, there's Zoom rooms and things like that, which, you know, still provide a little bit of that sense. But, you know, how can we still have that sense of people feeling connected with each other even not at just one moment in time, but like throughout the year. So this is where SPI Pro came in, came about. And SPI Pro is our own online premium membership community. And this is something that we rushed to launch because of the pandemic. In fact, it was something that we had an idea for at FlynnCon in, in July of 2019, but we decided to push it forward because community and, and gathering is something that is unable to happen more often now because of what has been been happening. So we wanted to provide this online space or even though it's online, people feel connected with each other and it's with certain kinds of people. There's an application process. If you're just starting out your business, it's not for you. You have a business and it's been going. You can know that you're with other people who are in the same boat with you, who have the same challenges, who have the same values, who have the same goals. We were able to launch that from scratch with our audience uh, behind it, obviously, with uh, about 520 founding members, which added an additional $400,000 a month into our business or excuse me, $400,000 a year, uh, not a month, we're not there yet. But still, like out of like just one day opening up the cart and going, wow, we now have like a half million dollar buffer that we didn't have before because we started listening to what people wanted and that was connection. In fact, we did an application process where we asked a question, what is it more than anything that you want out of this? 5% of those, uh, those applications said they wanted more content. They didn't want more stuff. They wanted the number one answer, which was the ability to network and to connect. And this is what we were able to provide to them. And there's many different ways to do this. You don't need to create like this giant platform. You can have it on a Facebook group, for example. But um, the payment and the membership is definitely a a part of the filtration process. And we've been having a lot of fun with events and helping people out uh, individually and in groups in there. And it it definitely does provide that sort of feeling of, okay, this is where my people are. Because at least for me as an entrepreneur, I mean, my wife can only hear me talk about email marketing for so long. (laughs) And you know, some of my friends are just not in the space with me, but I can go to FBI Pro and be like, oh, these guys get it. And 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 this is kind of where I can chill out for now and talk biz with people and, and not be looked down upon or go over people's heads. So that's been interesting. Um, the team, thankfully, was all remote to begin with. So w- th- that wasn't a big effect uh, for us like it is for, for several others. But in fact, we're actually adding more team members to support the community. We're adding more team members to support some of the content plans we have. This has actually helped us even refocus our goals. In fact, we're, we're thinking about adding more podcasts to our lineup now to have more evergreen content come out for people in the way that people have been responding before, which is through the podcast medium. And um, again, the YouTube streams are still going. It, it's just been really neat to see how we've been adjusting. And, you know, it's definitely there's silver linings. There's, there, there's blessing in, blessings in disguise, but there's obviously a lot of things that are terrible and, and, and kind of disgraceful that are happening that we also have the opportunities to talk about too especially with relation to Black Lives Matter. We as a team decided to come together and have weekly meetings about what we could do as a team to better open up our platform to have more voices heard and also do better as a team to uh, better uh, have representation and, and those kinds of things. So, you know, those kinds of things, although terrible, have, has forced certain conversations that honestly should have, 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 have been happening for a long time. All right, there was so much in there. That was awesome. Um, so I, I can hear my team and I can see their eyes literally like rolling and laughing at me because so much what you said there just was mirrored to what we've had to do over the last uh, what so many months. And you know, we have a conference that we started in 2019 that we were so pumped up for this year and we were going bigger and better and we had to cancel and we didn't do virtual for the same exact reason because it's that community, it's that connection. Um, talking about your 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 live stream, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I I. I 
I saw it. I saw you this morning. I'm like, oh, like he just did 192nd day in a row. We did when when schools all closed down in March. We went for about two. I think it was two months. We did live streams every single morning, Monday through Friday, for about two months, and that was like insane to think that you're at 192 is just incredible. Um, but so much of what you said, like the 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 conversations that it's forced, the the rethink and the refocus on goals, the the pushing a, a, a project forward maybe a little quicker than you thought, like all those things, like finding that silver lining in this, I think is so important uh, and such an, a, an awesome lesson to take from there. So uh, I do, I want to turn it now a little bit towards the, the education world here a little bit. So I've heard you talk on, on podcasts and, and videos and stuff around education and uh, you obviously you teach, like we said, not not in a K twelve space, but in the world space, and uh, largely around entrepreneurship and and creating businesses, creating podcasts, all kinds of things. As you reflect on your own educational journey and your and your journey as a as a entrepreneur as well, and now to someone who educates others on those journeys, and then you look at education now, what what are your overall thoughts? What would you change about how we? how we teach kids or what we teach kids or where our focus is on education. Where, where does, where's your mind at on all that stuff? Yeah. Wow. Let's, let's unpack this. So, I mean, that's a big one. I I know. (laughs) Great. I I am so pumped to talk about this stuff because it's something that over time, especially now having kids of my own, I've been becoming more compassionate about for sure to see how our kids grow and how me and April are, are, are seeing them develop and how the school that they're in is actually having an impact on their lives and, who they become as a person, as a, who, who they're going to be as a citizen and, and as a parent and as a, you know, perhaps a business owner if they choose to go down that route. So I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of when I was a kid, my goal was to figure out how to hack getting good grades. So I did whatever I could to figure out just how to get good grades because that was the goal. That was everything, especially coming from a family that was a little bit more traditional and on one side Asian, it's like school was everything. And it was just for getting into a good college. Like that was the goal. So all of my motivation, all my choices were not necessarily for what I wanted to do. It was to make my parents happy. It was because I was told by my parents and society and others that that's the route I was supposed to go down. So I worked day and night to make sure I was at the top of my class. And although I didn't graduate valedictorian, even though I had a 4.22 grade average, um, the school crazy, by the way, um, I was very thankful because I got into Berkeley and that was a big moment for me. I'm, I'm very thankful that I got into Berkeley primarily because uh, of the marching band, to be honest, and more on that uh, later. But um, going, going back to school, like I remember coming home from school with a 97% of my math test one day. And I go to my dad and I share him the test. And he goes, what happened to the other 3%? And then we spend the next three hours going over the problems that I got wrong. And it's like, how does that motivate one to be anything but perfect? And when it comes to entrepreneurship and being an adult and and whatnot, like that has had, that has conditioned me to behave in certain ways and to make certain decisions in a way that looking back retrospectively, because now I'm not in the matrix anymore, I am able to see it. And like, it reminds me of, um, who was it? Neil deGrasse Tyson, who are, you know, the people's astronomer, right? Mm -hmm. I remember him giving a graduation speech or something where he was talking about, imagine a spelling bee. Right. And a person goes up and like a, just a little kid and they're, 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 they're supposed to spell the word cat and they go, um, V X W cat. Like that's completely wrong. Right. Like obviously, okay, go sit down. The, just, something's going on here. Did you hear me? I said cat. The next person goes up the next kid and they go K A T. No, that's wrong. And although they are really close, they get treated the same as the person who got it absolutely completed wrong. And although they were very close, we feel like a failure or we feel like they're failing or they feel like they're failing. Like, what is that conditioning them? And obviously CAT is, is, is the right spelling. And I think that that's kind of how we either have a, you're, you're passing or you're failing, right? Pass or fail. And ever since the kids have gotten involved in their school, which has zero grades, there's no grades. It's progression on a chart. Hey, you're here. Let's work to get better. But it doesn't matter where you are versus everybody else. This is where you're at with this. They look individually into the kids to see what they're most interested in. And they actually have the kids choose. There's these things in their school called explorations where they have the option to choose where they want to go between four different options. And then they get to, they have to make a choice after a couple of weeks, which one do, do they want to do a deep dive in? So in fact, it's sort of like 
like what I'm doing with my kids right now. Like I want them to eat more vegetables. So I was like, okay, um, let's plant a garden in the back and have them own their own raised garden bed. Because now because they're in it and they have some decision on what vegetables they want to grow themselves, they're going to be more likely to eat it. And guess what? My daughter has eaten more greens than ever, especially microgreens. By the way, sunflower microgreens, amazing. She chomps on them all day long because she has had a hand in it, right? Versus just kind of getting handed something. So having them have the ability to help decide where they want to go is great. And honestly, when I think about my own journey too, even in college, like I went to UC Berkeley and the the, the, the number one public school for architecture in the world. I learned more in my first month at an architecture firm of stuff that was actually relevant and related to the real world than my entire four and a half years at Berkeley. Now, I'm very thankful for my time at Berkeley, but honestly, in the real world, it wasn't anything like that. And I think that maybe it's perhaps because Berkeley is a little bit more traditional. I mean, honestly, they don't even or didn't even teach AutoCAD there. They taught hand drawing, which is really great. But when you have to go and actually put a drawing together in AutoCAD, because that's the tools and systems you have, and that's the way the world, world does it, you're, you feel like you're behind. So I think I would have benefited so much if I had direct access to architecture firms that would have either had me in as an intern or, or, or if that was like required. Like, of course, I could have always done that, but I just was so busy trying to get good grades that I didn't have the opportunity to actually see what it was like in real life. And so with our kids, we always try to get them to see how things apply in the real world. And I'm so grateful because the school that they're at, they, they know that and, and they work in projects, project-based learning, they work in teams. I, I love so many elements of this. The fact that, you know, in the kindergarten class, sometimes the fifth and sixth graders come in to read to the kids. And then um, when the kindergartners then grow up, they then help. And it becomes a sort of like apprenticeship model. And you feel a little bit of a role of responsibility. If you're, you know, even a young kid, you have something to teach. I remember a very specific story. Is this cool that I'm just kind of like riffing here, Jeff? I'm just like oh, kind of yeah, I love it. Hey, okay. you know, anyone who's listening is just happy that you're not Ray. So it's cool. You're good. I heard about this Ray character. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm reminded of when my son was in preschool, preschool, right? At the same school that they go to. It's, a, it's an experimental school in San Diego, very much project-based learning. Again, no homework. There was a lot of uproar about it. But I know as an entrepreneur, this is like how I feel a, a school should be. Um, this kind of learning. And to give you a very clear example of just how they did what they did, uh, one day, well, by the way, we know what's happening in the classroom as parents as well, because there's an app called Remind that we absolutely love. It's almost like Instagram, but for the kids, but just for that classroom. And they get to share their work. So when the kids come home, we already know what, the, what we can have discussions about. And never do we ask, what would you do today? Like we kind of know and we can start that conversation already. So anyway, we saw in Remind from the teacher that this is what they were doing this day. So they had a plan, they had a curriculum for the day. But she completely changed it on the fly because at lunch, it was like 90 degrees outside. They eat outside because inside here in San Diego, there's huge ant problems. So we always eat outside. And in their little pre-K area, it's kind of confined. It's not with the rest of the kids in school. There was no shade yet. It was a brand new school. They didn't, have, they didn't know. They didn't build a shade. So in the afternoon, the teacher or the LED, as they call them, the learning education director, uh, she decided that they were going to spend the rest of the afternoon problem solving this issue. Here is the issue. Outside, it's hot. We need to eat outside. We cannot eat inside. Those are your constraints. Let's all work together to design a solution for this, right? So problem and now the brainstorming process. So she had every kid draw something or post something, post a note up on the wall. And there was just the, the sea of ideas from these kids working on this project to solve something that actually mattered to them because it was happening in their real life. And then they started to whittle down and talk. And of course, the teacher was not going, Ooh, let's do that one. It was like, hey, class, which of these things do you think would be smart? What might we be able to do? And what might be a little bit too expensive for us to do? That's the, they use that language all the time. What might we and kind of have kids sort of come up with the, the ideas on their own? And then they landed on this idea. It almost looked like a sail made out of blankets and PVC pipe. So the LED emailed all the parents and were like, hey, we decided to switch it up today because this is what we do. And this is what we're building. If anybody has any extra PVC pipe or is able to donate any blankets or anything like that, can you drop them off in the morning when you drop off your kid? So I go and there's already stuff there the next morning and they're going to spend the whole day building this thing out. And the next day they were able to have lunch outside with shade. They had a problem. They put their heads together and with just guidance from the teacher, they were able to feel super proud of the work that they did together. Again, this kind of encapsulates all things entrepreneurship, things that I love about it. Number one, find a problem to solve. Number two, 
brainstorm. Even the bad ideas are good because then you can get them out of your brain. Number three, collaboration, learning how to work in groups with each other and also express ideas in a way where you're not going to feel like you're getting put down, even if your idea is not bad. We are a collective whole. Number four, getting some guidance from somebody who kind of understands what should be done, but not just having somebody tell you what to do, but through your own learning, be able to discover these things, sort of like inception, right? When you have the person have the idea themselves, hey, they're more likely to do it, which is why we as coaches or entrepreneurs or parents should ask more questions versus just telling our kids what to do. And then number five, seeing the results of that brainstorming, that hard work and that collaboration. I mean, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. And I cried when I, when, I, when I saw that that was happening. I was like, yes, I didn't do that until like college. And here there's like five-year-olds and six-year-olds sort of already learning and getting their feet wet with this kind of stuff. It's just, it just like, wow, this is what inspired me to um, really, for me, my legacy, I want to have, I want to be an agent of change in this world of education. I think it's old, not broken. It's just solving an old problem. And we have new problems. We have and are living in the new era. We need to educate our kids for that. It just boggles my mind that we don't teach our kids how to manage money. It boggles my mind that we don't teach our kids soft skills like empathy and learning from each other and group collaboration. It boggles my mind that you don't give your first presentation until like your high school senior project, right? It's like, if we could learn these things ahead of time, I mean, another thing they do at the school is when, 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 when the kids are working on their projects, you know, they do their exploration and then their deep dive and they come up with some presentation. What they do is they put them all in the auditorium and all the kids are sharing their stuff and they put all the parents in another room and they say, Hey parents, do not go to your own kid. End with your own kid, go to other kids first and just ask questions about their work. Because we want these kids to get comfortable with presenting in front of people who they don't know and sharing their ideas and give them some encouragement. Feel free to offer them some advice. Don't make them feel bad, obviously, but go to your kid last because that's not why we're here. We're here to help these kids learn how to present and share their work and progress with each with, with you. And I'm just like, oh my God, like why isn't all school, why aren't all schools like this? And I think we all know why. That's just an old archaic system. There's a lot of red tape. There's politics, there's unions, all this stuff. So it's going to be a difficult task, but I want to be an agent of change. I want my, the rest of my biography to be about this or to at least have some hand in it. I cannot do it alone, obviously, but I'm writing a book about this. I am going to use my platform and the money that I'm earning now to help me with a campaign later for something. Don't worry, I'm not running for president or anything like that. But, you know, like this is, this is the new, this is, this is what smart passive income and all my businesses have, have, have led me to and what I'm passionate about right now. Pat, you have no idea how much you are connecting to our Teach Better audience right now because everything you're talking about is what the the teachers, the coaches, the administrators, everyone in our audience is trying to do is to take that archaic system and disrupt it and change it and work towards these skills that you were talking about and these types of projects. And, and I'm happy to report that we are seeing that the change is happening. It's just going like it's a bit. And I'm excited to figure out and to watch where you're going. And, and, and we've got a whole community here with Teach Better that I think is going to be 100% behind you when that happens and whatever we can do to support because what you're saying is exactly what we're trying to do. It's what we work with schools on um, and what we work individually with teachers on too. So I'm, I'm loving that. Um, this will be I, a nice like, timestamp for us, like the before. We'll yeah. see what, what the after is. I mean, you're right. It's so slow right now. It's ha- the, the change is happening. We're seeing it but it's going to require communities like ours to, to be able to step up and make change faster. But you know what's coming even faster? AI and machine learning and all this other stuff that's going to replace a bunch of human beings. This is why it's even more important to get into these soft skill learnings, uh, things that robots could never replace. I'm telling you right now, Pat, the entire community is sitting back on, I'm wondering how I'm going to try and convince you to come work with us after this. So just, I'm just warning you right now that that's what's happening in the background right now, everyone's head. So uh, those that know me anyway, um, so I want to I want to go back. That was I love that. I want to throw this because we've talked a lot. We've we've throughout the stories and and at the beginning I kind of talked about it too. All the things that you've done and the success you've had. And so I want to throw you at one of you, one of our questions that we typically ask all of our guests, and it's one of my favorite ones to talk about. And it's it's all built around fail, failure because one of the things that I always say is that I've actually been really fortunate in my life to fail a whole lot. I failed at starting or with several businesses and a lot of projects, a lot of things in my life. But I look back and I learn still today from failures I had 10, 15 years ago. And so 
anytime we're talking to someone who has a lot of successes they can tout, a lot of a lot of things that you can easily see and say, this guy has, has done well, he's succeeded, he's doing amazing things. A lot of times it's easy for some people to sit back and say, well, Pat's probably never had that struggle. He's probably never failed. He's just all, it seems like he's just good at everything. Um, I've heard you talk about it, so I know that's not 100% true, but I'd love to hear have you share a story with with us now of a time that you've had a failure, a big struggle that you've had to overcome and sort of explain, take us there with you. Like what happened? How did you overcome that? And then what did you take away from that experience and learn from it? Do you, do you have like 12 hours to talk? Because I seriously have- I mean, so- I do. I doubt you do, but I've got, I got time. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, I mean, there's so many failures. Failure is so important and they, they, they suck. It's not fun, but it is so important because I've learned that they are learning experiences. Um, in fact, one great way to grow as an entrepreneur or person is just to fail faster, you know, and as, as long as you're failing forward, you're actually at least making some progress. Uh, failure is an option, right? And that's from the Mythbusters. So we know this is something that we need. We don't want to fail, but when you do, you have to learn from it. And honestly, there's so many learning moments in my past from, gosh, where do we want to begin from the time I didn't know I wasn't supposed to use a trademark and a domain name. And I, I was going to completely give up on business because I got this cease and desist letter from the United States Green Building Council. And I just wanted to throw my hands up and just give up right away. Because I was like, okay, I'm weighing over my head. I'm brand new to business. I've obviously done something wrong. I'm going to get sued. I'm going to lose everything. When in fact, all I did was mistakenly use a trademark and a domain name. And I was able to get that fixed with the help of a really good attorney and some other people who were able to, to, to help guide me during that time to the time where I saw a couple of my friends who have smaller platforms than I do launch software or WordPress plugins. WordPress is a blogging platform. You can create plugins. You can have people pay to get access to them. And they each kind of around the same time, they didn't know each other and they were different products. They each created their own plugins. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have an audience that's 10 times bigger than your guys's. And they each made over $100,000 in a week launching these things. And I, you know, Cha-ching, cha-ching, the, 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 the dollar signs coming out of my head like in a cartoon. And I was like, okay, I'm going to find a WordPress developer. I'm going to just come up with a quick idea and I'm going to build it and I'm going to sell it. And what was supposed to take six weeks and th- $6,000 ended up taking six months and $15,000. And I got to the point where I was ready to sell it. It was this idea I had where I then shared it with a couple fans and a couple of my friends because I kept it sort of locked down in secret for a while. And then the feedback I got was, meh. Or, uh, I mean, this is okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is the best thing in the world. And they're like, well, I mean, there's another tool that kind of does something similar. And what if it did this? What if it did that? What if it did, ooh, this, this could be better. And I didn't have a budget anymore to add to it. And that was a big lesson for me because I realized that number one, I was chasing dollars. And because I chased dollars, I was going the wrong direction. You have to solve people's problems first. I should have spoken, if I really wanted to create a WordPress plugin that would work, I should have just gone directly to my audience and go, what are your biggest pains right now with WordPress? What is something that if you had a magic wand would be figured out right now for you? That's a good clue for what you could build a software for. I didn't even do that. I just kind of guessed and I was like, oh, I know my audience. Like, I'm going to build something. No, I didn't. Number two, I should have spoken to people earlier as well so that they could break it. Like, oh, no, that's not a good idea. What if it did this? If I had those conversations ahead of time, I could have been pointed in the right direction. Yes, it would have been a failed idea, but those failed ideas then can turn into and, 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 and sort of um, materialize into something even better after that, like, uh, like in a cocoon or something. So that was another lesson. Um, one time in 2012, I had gotten a really nasty comment on my blog, like really, really really disrespectful, really hit home, like cut deep kind of comment. So as any good blogger would do, you just delete it, right? But unfortunately, this person also went on every single website where I was featured at the time, like hundreds of different podcast episodes, blog posts, and they were just copying and pasting the same thing. And I found out about this because the next morning when all that went down and I didn't know, I got all these messages from my friends saying, hey, who's this guy? They're saying really rude stuff. Like, what did you do to them? Like, you, like and I was like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Anyway, this person was calling me a con artist and a scammer and all this stuff. And I did not do any work after that point for an entire month. No more blog posts, no more podcast episodes. I didn't even check my email, nothing, because I was so depressed. I was so focused on this one person's negative comment. And I was in a rut. I was I was in a state of depression. And it wasn't until I have to give credit to my friend Derek Halpern, who reached out to me. He's like, dude, where are you? You like disappeared off the face of the earth. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could handle this anymore. I can't do this. And I told him what happened. And he's like, he got upset at me. 
He, he does that. But it was all from love because he said, Pat, dude, every second you're wasting focusing on this person is a second you're taking away from those people who need you, who support you, who have said that they've enjoyed what you've done and, and want more from you. Like, are you going to really let this guy win? You are letting this guy win. This is exactly what he wanted to happen. And I was like, wow, when you, when you put it that way, you're right, because I don't want to let people down. And so I uh, eventually came back and uh, I, I, I grew a thicker skin, of course. And I've come to realize that these trolls exist and I have to expect them now. And I've, I've soon realized, uh, again, through a lot of conversations with people that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. This person was hurting me likely because something was hurting them. And this is, this is where bullies and all this stuff comes from. I mean, bullying is something that's very, uh, a topic that I'm very passionate about because I was bullied in school as well. I was pretty short. So I got picked on. I was pretty easy to, 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 to pick on for sure. Um, and that, that's something that obviously overlays on top of the education piece that I want to get behind as well. Um, more than just sort of just the donation to the charity and whatnot. I want to, I want to have a voice in that too. So there, there's that mistake. There is the mistake at home where I was so involved in my business. Like I remember I just married my wife, April, my business was just starting. And I was like, every second of my day, I was thinking about the business, like, Oh, what email should I send next? Or how's that product going? Let me, let me check my stats, all this stuff. And I remember one day I was having a conversation with my wife and her mouth was moving, but I wasn't, I wasn't all there. I wasn't thinking about what she was saying. I was thinking about the next product launch or whatever. And she actually called me out on it. She was like, you're thinking about your business right now, aren't you? I was that involved that she called me out mid conversation. And of course, trying to cover it up, I was like, no, I, I, I was, I was listening. And she's like, okay, what's the last thing I said? And I said, oh crap. Um, you said you're thinking about your business, aren't you? And of course, <laughs> that's not what she was talking about. And the couch uh, got a little extra love that night. So um, I learned very quickly, thanks to her, that I needed to, to create some boundaries. I needed to create some sort of container for me to work such that when I'm in there, I can focus and that's great. But when I'm out of there, I have to focus on the other things that are important in my life too. And I think we've all seen or heard of entrepreneurs who have burned themselves out or have burnt bridges and relationships as a result of just, you know, not being able to stay disciplined or getting so involved in their business that they forget about the other things that are important. Um, I mean, I could keep going, but where, where do you want to go from here? Well, I mean, at this point I asked for one, you gave us like eight. So I think you're good. I think you, you hit it. I, I, I'm loving it. Um, what was that? I, uh, over delivering is, is a part of my, uh, my mantra too. I know. I, yeah, I know this. Um, no, that was awesome. I really appreciate you going in, in several directions there and sharing different, um, uh, the different, uh, failures you had there. One that really kind of grabbed me and connected something you said earlier was the one about uh, the app where you, or the, uh, the plugin where you weren't, you didn't go listen. You didn't go talk because earlier you talked, you can tell that that, that lesson has stuck with you because you talked about it when, you know, with, uh, with the kids and talking to them and asking more questions and listening and with the SPI pro community and the connection that they wanted, you were listening, you were doing this versus just launching something because you thought either one, it was going to sell or I think people need it versus, listen and stuff. And we think about that. We talk with teachers a lot about the time that's, you know, one of the best things they can do in the classroom and in the school is to ask questions and listen, 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 and listen to understand, listen to feel what your kids need. And it's the same thing when you're listening to your audience. Um, and when we don't listen to those kids, we can get in trouble. Like when you don't listen to your wife. So it's just all ties together. It's great. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got uh, one more question for you, and then I'll, and then we have a, we we do like six questions where you try to answer in fifteen seconds or less. So I got one question for you that we're going to keep it so much more because I want to keep you forever. And then we'll go into those six questions, and then and then we're going to wrap it up here with you, Pat. But uh, you know, a lot of the educators um, that are in our in our community, and a lot of educators in general have side hustles. They have things that they're doing on the side. And, you know, I, I get to actually, one of the fun things that I get to do, and it's something that we actually haven't launched yet. We're getting ready to launch, but we've had people reach out. So we have started it without actually launching this services is I actually get to do some one-on-one coaching with educators who have side businesses and ideas and, 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 uh, things they want to share with the world. And I've always said, I, I think entrepreneurs or uh, educators are, are such a awesome fit for the entrepreneurial world because of how they're, they're educated, they're passionate and they're, they're driven by, by mission and, and serving and, uh, and they know how to put out fires. They know how to change on the dime. Um, but 
having you on here, I feel like I have to ask this question for those specific educators listening. If someone is listening right now, educator who's got a side hustle, whether it's a business or just a passion project, if you could give them one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Piece of advice would be to make sure everything that you're doing for that side hustle is helping you push forward in that side hustle. A lot of times we feel like side hustle means just busy work on something versus busy work for something. And the reason I say this is because I've had a lot of people work really hard for a very long time and go nowhere versus if we just maybe step back a little bit and maybe even with post-it notes or something, like write down all the things that we're trying to do and then looking at that list or those sea of post-it notes and going, okay, which of these things are actually things that are going to move the needle? Which of these things are just like tasks that if I weren't doing them, they weren't going to break the business. And I think that, and, and, and this is a piece of advice I got too, is just try to go a little bit more outside of your comfort zone. That's where all the most awesome things happen. When I think about all the biggest results I've gotten with either launches or programs or connections, et cetera, it's always been a result of stepping a little bit outside my comfort zone. So if you're feeling quite comfortable in what you're doing, you're probably not going big enough. But at the same time, just being very careful and prioritizing the work that you do and then at the same time, if, especially if you're just starting out, your priority should be to help one person get one result first. And this is the best piece of advice I could give those who are literally at the very start is try to find one person to help. Because when you can do that, number one, you don't even have to worry about all the web related things and the technology. You just got to find one person who needs whatever it is that you're offering, whatever your service, art, creative, et cetera. Number two, you help this person. And you're going to learn what it's like to help this person. You're going to you're going to learn the ins and outs and the language to use and all that stuff. Number three, you're going to be able to check within yourself to go, do I like this or do I not? And that way you're kind of micro testing it with one person, validating it up front. And number four, if you do like it and you have helped that person, guess what? You've now unlocked this confidence that you can help more people. And number five, you have a testimonial to go with it too that you can use for proof because online people default to doubt when you sell something. So how might you prove it? Oh, here's somebody just like you who has just gone through this or has gotten access to this who now is better as a result. I'm here to help you too. And that's what I, that, that, that's sort of the, the piece of advice I have to offer. I love it. All right, we're going to do the next six. I'm going to throw six questions at you. Your goal, Pat, is to answer each one 15 seconds or less. You ready? Bro, I talk a lot. I don't know if I'm going to do it. Uh, it's going to be a good challenge here. So uh, give us one tech tool that you can't live without. I cannot live without my calendar. The calendar is everything, work time, even play time with the kids. It's all in there. If it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't happen. Uh, give us a book that you're reading right now. A book that I'm reading right now, uh, The Vision Driven Leader by Michael Hyatt. It's my third time going through it. Uh, who's a, uh, someone good to follow either on Twitter or Instagram right now? Uh, I would follow, I mean, honestly, I would follow those who are where you would want to be. So I would look for somebody, a mentor, like you said, we just met for the first time today, but you can still get mentored by somebody who is where you want to be and where you want to go or who inspires you. So go find somebody who does follow them on Twitter and try to engage. What's a good uh, YouTube channel, uh, website or podcast that uh, you think educators should check out? Uh, I love Sean Stevenson's Model Health Show, although it's a fitness related podcast and he does have a YouTube channel as well. Just the way he teaches and the way he presents information, even very scientific information to back up his claims and whatnot. Um, very, very well done. Very, very relatable. And, and he's just such a humble guy too. Uh, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine you think, you think every uh, educator should get into. So I have this thing called the five-minute journal. And this is a daily thing that I practice. And it's essentially just journaling once a day, but it's, it's, it's guided. And the biggest thing is in the beginning of the day, I start my day by writing three things I am grateful for. And at the end of the day, end of the day, I think about the one thing or the three great, great things that happened during the day and one thing I could do to improve. And that daily practice has helped set me up for success every single day. Pat, I'm totally just like fist bumping you right now because I can probably go back and find at least five, if not 15 or 20 episodes of this podcast where I have recommended the five minute journal. So I didn't know that, that we had that connection. That's awesome. Uh, lastly, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, it's in fact a quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. This is a quote from Henry Ford. And it really shows you that you have to believe in where you're going in order for it to even be possible. 
it's not like a think and grow rich. Oh, I'm going to imagine a million dollars and then it shows up on your doorstep. But it gives you at least that opportunity for that to happen because the truth is the opposite is absolutely true, which is if you don't think you can do it, well, guess what? It's never going to happen. Love it. So, Pat, one thing we do here is every time someone finishes, typically Ray gives them away this teach better talk trophy. She then tells you that I'm going to send it to you because it doesn't actually exist. But I'm pretty sure that you just rocked it and would have earned the trophy. So congratulations on that. Appreciate you going through those. I did lie to you. I do have one final question for you. And that's just simply, you know, we want to make sure people can still connect with you, check out all the amazing work you're doing, the things you have going on. What are the best places, best avenues for people to connect with you, to learn more about you and get connected to the work you're doing? Yeah, thank you. I mean, my main website with all things business entrepreneurship can be found at smartpassiveincome.com. And I'm at Pat Flynn on most social media channels. Instagram, I'm very active on, including Reels, which is kind of new, as well as on Twitter and uh, YouTube. And then I have a personal site where I'm going to talk a lot more about the education stuff uh, very soon when the new book comes out, probably 2021 or 2022, patflynn.com. Awesome. And listeners, you know, you can find all the links, all the resources and everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as the real important links for connecting with Pat and continue the conversation there. So make sure you head over to the show notes, teachbetter.com for that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us one of those ratings and reviews, we'd really appreciate that as well. And let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and connect with these amazing people and just share this podcast with them. Pat, this was absolutely awesome, man. I'm, I, I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, and I, I'm definitely, I, I think I, I'm what you would call a super fan to just, you know, name drop your book there that some people might not be aware about. That's going to be in the show notes as well, but I really appreciate coming on. I love your take on not just life and, and business, but, it, but so much also education. I think people are going to get so much out of this episode and I just really appreciate you being real with us and hanging out and having some fun, man. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jeff. Thanks everybody. Until next time, let's get out there. Let's teach better. Thank you.